Would you open God's precious holy word to Ephesians chapter 5? And we're in verses 8 through 14. In the general context, we have been examining what the Word of God says imperatively. It's in the imperative how we're to walk. We're to walk in humility. We're to walk humbly. We saw that. We're to walk in unity. It is not the characteristic of a Christian to walk otherwise. We're to walk differently. People are to see in us something that is not seen in the rest of the world. Our standard is biblical. And our walk is different. Then we are told, we were told, not to walk as the Gentiles walk. I suppose that could fit the previous one, to walk differently. Last time, we were, to, we were told to walk in love. Today, walk in light. Ephesians 1 through 3 addresses Christianity with regard to our position in Christ. So we would say Ephesians 1 through 3 is positional. Ephesians 4 through 6 is practical. Once we realize what we are and how we are and who we are in Christ, once we understand our position, which God has done for us, now that we have that defined, we're to put our steps to it. We are to be practical in that which we have been positioned, a believer in Christ. Children of light. So let's look at it now. For you were once darkness. You see that? Uh, put his coffee. You were, dark, you were not in darkness. You were darkness. That's a horrifying thought to me relative to unbelievers. Those who are defined themselves as darkness. To be darkness wherever you are, to walk and everywhere you walk, there is a dark shadow that is cast because you are just simply darkness. You are defined as darkness outside of Christ. You were once darkness, but now walk in the light of the Lord. Our walk now is a walk in light. We're no longer darkness, but we're walking in the light of the Lord. We can't be, you see the difference between the two phrases? You were once darkness. You were the epitome of darkness. But now, in a fallen state, you produce, I mean, that's your life, darkness. The characteristics of, of a fallen soul is darkness. But now, we can't produce the light. We don't have that ability. But we walk in the light, the light of the Lord. 
For the fruit of the light, there is, listen, there is no such thing as a fruitless Christian. Let me say that again. There is no such thing as a fruitless Christian. Every born again, bought by the blood, spirit baptized, Bible believing Christian produces fruit of some kind. Now, fruit is fruit. Some folks may be examined and people would think, well, they are producing shriveled raisins. Some may be examined and people think they're producing watermelons. But they are producing fruit. It's built into your salvation experience. Remember what we studied earlier in Ephesians? Saved to good works. It's, it's built into who you are in Christ. It happens. Now there are three simple categories here that define fruit of those who are in Christ. The fruit of the light. We're walking in the light of the Lord. We couldn't have come to Christ if we had not been exposed to the light. And he called us out of the darkness and into his light. And here it goes. The fruit of the light. Three things. Number one, all goodness. That's, that's a big statement. That word, pa, say. All. And it applies in the structure, it applies to each of those three. So the first fruit that you're walking in the light is all goodness. The word is a, a broad word. Um, I guess a sunni. Sunni adds the intensity to it without defect. It means, it means that you touch people with kindness and goodness all the time. It means that the Holy Spirit in you serves to restrain that old dead nature that's still hanging on, that old coat that we're trying to take off and put on the new coat, that old man who is dead and us having put on the new man, there is this thing in us, a fruit, one of the fruits of the light in us is that we touch people with goodness, not badness, not evil, but good. It speaks of a person who is, who is kind, a person from whom exudes the touches of kindness and goodness. Now that's number one. Number two, the second fruit of the light that we're walking in the light is righteousness. Now all goodness, that is a fruit that is outward. 
It speaks of how we affect people. Righteousness, that's a word that belongs to the doctrine of salvation. We're walking in the righteousness of Christ. We have no righteousness on our own. The Kalsune, there's that Sunni again, it intensifies the meaning of it. We're walking in all righteousness. People don't have to scratch their heads and wonder if we're saved. We walk in our salvation. And so this is a thing that is noticeable. It's an outward thing. Now, I have read in these present days where such people that the powers that be are seeking to put such people on a terrorist list. <laughs> if you're good all the time and then you walk in your salvation knowing that there's no other, but you are saved and happy to share that with others. That's a threat to the God of this world and his minions want to paint you as a terrorist. When all you want is the best for everybody, which namely, at last, is citizenship in the kingdom of God. But we walk in this salvation, we are happy there. Can't help but walk in it because we are covered with the righteousness of Christ. We have no righteousness. We, we're quick to point out there's no good thing in me, but I have a Savior who is perfect. And he died to save me. And he has ascended into heaven. And he is there enthroned as a king priest. And as my high priest, he's keeping me saved. Someday, and I hope very soon, to come back and plant me at last into a physical, the physical kingdom. I'm walking in my salvation. I'm happy to share it with you. I'm unshaken in my spiritual life. Which leads us to the third fruit that's mentioned here, which is truth. Now that speaks, righteousness speaks of your relationship with God. Goodness speaks of your relationship with others. But truth speaks with your relationship to yourself. A reliable person. You see, the word up here in the original text, Aletheia, means word keeper. It, it means to keep the word. And within ourselves, we should be disciples of Christ. And being disciples of Christ... We should therefore become increasingly familiar with the Word of God by Bible study and through prayer. But daily Bible study, constant Bible study, Bible study with every opportunity that's given. Because now the truth in such a case, the truth becomes firmly planted 
in the life of the one who is in Christ. And so he's a reliable person. There's just, there, there are just three. You know, sometimes you may think, well, I wonder. I wonder what's happening. What, what, about, what about my Christianity, you know? How, how can I know? What, how, can I, how can it be seen? You just hear three tests. The next phrase tells us. This is how you prove what is well-pleasing to the Lord. Just three things. Kindness. Touching others with kindness. All goodness. Walk in your salvation. Unshaken with your position in Christ, that you've been placed in Christ and that nothing can shake that away from you. To be confident in the Lord and finally, to walk in truth, to be a reliable person. Those are three simple tests and that's what the Bible says here. There, here's a test. These three things will prove in your life what is well-pleasing to the Lord. That's probably a good test. People probably need to put themselves to that test, to that, to that threefold examination on a regular basis. It is, it is innate within me because I'm born again to do my best to touch everyone around me with kindness and goodness. To walk in my salvation wherever I am. Listen to me. Too many times at work or at school or at, I don't know, family reunions, wherever you gather with other people. Too many times we find ourselves timid about our salvation. Sometimes we will stand in the presence of other people in a group and let them take an unbiblical position. Take out your sword, which is the word of God. You don't have to give an opinion. I would never give an opinion. Leah, well, I, I wouldn't. I do give opinions from time to time. <laughs> I hope they're based more on the word than not. But when it comes to walking in your salvation... When people throw things flippantly and unbiblically right in your face, pull the sword out. Answer with the word of God. It is the strongest thing that you can give to anyone. It doesn't matter if they mock the scriptures or, or guffaw at you because you stand there as a Christian. But we should, we should never compromise ourselves such that we remain silent and let other people insult our Lord and the salvation that he has provided for us. God will take care of us. God will give us the words. The best thing to do is just to get into the scriptures, learn more and more and be ready to answer with the word of God. Walk in your salvation. That means on your path, the righteousness with which God has covered you is the righteousness of Christ. It must be seen 
It, it must be obvious and it must not be hidden because it's a fruit of the light that is in us. Be reliable, be a truth, be a word keeper. Threefold test to prove, to discern, to prove what is well-pleasing to the Lord. Verse 11, here's another imperative. This is in the negative. Do not have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Don't mess around with it. Don't fool around with it. Don't stand around with it. Don't fellowship with it. Don't be in its presence. Stay away from it. What fellowship from the King James, what fellowship hath Christ with Belial? None. I have no fellowship with it at all. This is not where I belong. Imperative from the apostle. Do not have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but walk in all goodness, walk in your salvation and righteousness and walk in the light of the Lord and you will expose the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather even expose them. That's a legal term. Here's what it means. It means to convict by producing evidence which in turn will demand a judgment. Expose them. Now this whole thing, these two slides here, these verses, here's what they're saying. Be a Christian. Just be a Christian. It's an active thing. It's not a passive thing. Be a Christian. Be a warrior for Christ. Don't run from it. In the company of it, don't fellowship with it, but expose it. It's a beautiful story I read many years ago. I hope I get it right. This young man had grown up on the family farm. It had belonged to his granddaddy and then it was passed down to his daddy. But he had been accepted into one of the, the military schools. Very intelligent, bright young man, athletic. And so all through his high school years, his granddaddy, they always had a Bible study at night. His granddaddy and his daddy and his mom and the others his other siblings. But when it came time for the young man, knowing that he would be going to one of the military schools, as the months passed, after his acceptance, every night at the end of the Bible study, the granddaddy said to the son, to the grandson, he said, boy, listen to me. Just know this. Every night at 10 o'clock, I will be on my knees before God asking him to watch over you and to protect you. So the boy goes off to military school. 
And like you do when you get in college, you find these friends. And they're not always of like faith and doctrine. And so his little gang of friends decided once they had turned the appropriate age that they were going to go into a, a bar. The boy had never been into one in his life. He'd never had a taste of alcoholic beverage. But they were all happy and talking about the things that they were going to do. They get in this bar and drink and find them some women and all this kind of stuff. As they're walking on that Saturday night toward the bar, somewhere a bell tower sounded 10 bells. He stopped. He said, guys, I'm not going to take another step. This is wrong. I've never had a drink. I'm not going to take a drink. I've never been drunk. I'm not going to get drunk. I've never chased after women, and I'm not going to chase after women like this, these kinds of women. I'm going back to my room. Because right now, my granddaddy is on his knees praying for me. And he left them. You see, they were exposed in their unfruitful works of darkness. He did not have fellowship with them. But he exposed them for the things being done in secret by them it is shameful even to mention. The light will expose even the secret things. But everything being exposed by the light is made visible. For everything becoming visible is light. Just be a Christian. Just be a Christian. In your walk, be a Christian. Now, Paul quotes Isaiah. But he appropriately, in the Greek text, in the quotation, he appropriately tells us that this verse is about Christ. Therefore it says, wake up, sleeping one, and rise out from the dead. What did it say early in Ephesians? Your people are without Christ, they're not in Christ, they're dead in trespass and sin, dead. Rise out from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Here is how it reads in Isaiah. It says, Kumi, Ori, arise, stand forth, shine, or Ori, become light, for your light has come. And the glory of Yahweh. Now Yahweh. Ahasha. Ahasha. Yeshua. 
shortened to Yeshua, is God with us. God Savior. God, God saves us. So you see, Paul knows that that, of course, is Christ. I mean, part of his name in the Hebrew is Yahweh. For your light has come and the glory of Yahweh has shone upon you. Zarach. Zarach. Has, has, has risen. The burst of dawn has risen upon you. And the Spirit-inspired apostle says to the church, Awake you, the one sleeping, and rise out from the dead. And Christ will shine upon you. Now here's how he ends this section. You were dead. You were in a cold, dark, spiritual grave. You could do nothing. You could not repent until God caused you to be born again and gave you the ability to, to repent. You could not ask for forgiveness. You could not confess. You were dead. It was all a work of God. And the call, the great irresistible call of God came. Get up. Come out of that spiritual grave. And rise out from the deadness. And when you are called like this, when you are for real as a Christian, Christ will shine upon you. Zarach, that Hebrew word in the Hebrew text, speaks of the glorious burst of the fullness of dawn and the rising sun. Completely out from the shadows of mountains and hills and comes forth with all of its brilliance. When you are called from your deadness, and only God can do that. It is a fact. Christ will shine upon you, and now you will walk in the light. That's genuine Christianity. Children of light. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Let me make this appeal. Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He came into this world to save sinners. It's a very simple thing. We're taught it in the Bible. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe in Jesus. Confessing your sin, call on Him to save you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Your first great need in life is to be saved. I'm praying that if you came in that way, you won't leave that way. Number two, your next greatest need is, in my view, is to be obedient to Christ. And as a believer, be baptized as a beautiful profession of faith.
to confess before the world that the old man is dead and that you've been raised to walk in newness of life. And your third need after that for a real genuine Christian is to be joined as a part of a local Bible-believing group of believers, a local church that stands on the Word of God. And in that position, you'll be responsible to one another. You'll be able to serve the Lord in various ways through the church. You'll come to a place where you will be taught and then assist in the teaching of others. Those three great needs. If any one or all three of those needs are in your life, as you exit this sanctuary today, we're going to have deacons in rooms just as you exit. You'll see them standing in the doorway. As you go out into the hall, you'll see them. They can answer all of your questions about salvation, about believer's baptism, about church membership. They're there for you. Father God in heaven, Lord, thank you for your word, for the commands that are ours. How would we know except that you would teach us? Now, oh God, I pray that we will immerse ourselves in your precious holy word. That we will take to heart the imperatives that build one upon another in this book that we're studying. And then, Lord, use us for your glory. Strengthen us with the presence of your spirit to walk in the light and to be Christians. Just to be Christians in this world. Thank you for everybody who is here today. And for those who are watching who couldn't be here. And I pray your blessings upon them as well. Then as we leave this place, we pray that you will use us for your glory. Until we're all used up. And then you'll take us into your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today.